Oh, hi, it's me, Noor. Before we get into this episode, I just really quickly want to say it is Saturday, November 7th, 2020, and our president of the United States of America is no longer a reality TV star, compulsive lying piece of shit. It's Joe Biden, and our vice president is a black woman. Can you believe? I just, I needed to say that. I just had to. I had to to get on and just let you guys know I am hopeful for the first time in four fucking years. And I cannot wait to be able to listen to NPR again without being fucking terrified that I'm going to hear that piece of shit's voice because it's so incredibly upsetting and triggering to me that I cannot listen to the news in fear of hearing his fucking voice because it upsets me in a way that I can't articulate. But you know what? Fuck Donald Trump. He can go fuck himself. And I am just so elated right now. And I I just, I feel like this is a, a historic moment where we have a South Asian black female vice president. I just, I'm so happy. And yeah, okay, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to Arab American Psycho. My name is Noor, and this week's guest is a film director, photographer, model, DJ, and the founder and creative director of Brain Freeze Production. Welcome, Dana Bulos. Hi. <laughs> Hot. Did, I, did I do a good job on your last oh, name? Oh, wow. What? You did a great job. I'm like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm blushing here. <laughs> um, I am so excited to have you on. This has been a long time coming. Like, I literally... This this was it was meant to be we were meant to meet each other and have this podcast right now no for sure really it was meant to be um so you're in paris right now mm-hmm. oh yeah how long <laughs> are you gonna be there for are you did you move there what are you doing there okay so um my boyfriend lives in paris and we have been dealing with the craziest stuff during this whole pandemic lockdown quarantine oh my god all these like flashbacks are happening at the moment as we <laughs> I'm like TikTok, all these songs and <laughs> but, um, literally, as I say, everything it's like rewind. But yeah, so we we haven't seen each other for like seven months, and it, it was getting like really crazy. And we're like, all right, I guess we should just meet up and figure this out. So I pretty much went through London and then I came to Paris <laughs> that way. Basically I took the Eurostar and, um, I'm here until January. So I'm here for three months and just spending some time with him and his family. And I'm actually working. Um, I'm also working, I'm exec- executive producing a feature film and doing casting for a f- friend of mine, uh, her film coming up hopefully in the next like year and it's so insane because like right before getting on this call uh we just were watching the news and there's going to be like a major lockdown happening in paris so officially it starts tomorrow there's no going out no doing anything um so it's like phase two in europe if that makes sense I, I was reading about that this morning and I was like, mm-hmm. it seems like everyone is kind of getting into this phase two where everything is shutting down. So first of all, you got there like in the nick of time, because if you had waited any longer, totally. you would not have been able to come in. And also I can imagine like being away from someone that like, you know, your boyfriend for seven months, that's like a really you long time. And I know a lot of people are dealing yeah. with that right now, but like, How did you deal with it? Have you guys like been long distance throughout the relationship or was this kind of the first time that it was like 
this long without seeing each other. I think this has been like the first time that it's been this long. Um, we are in a long dis- distance relationship, but we always tra- tend to travel to see each other. So it's told it works out really fine. It's always like, I think a month that we don't see each other or something like that. We're very fortunate yeah. and lucky because of like the industry we work in. Um, he's in music and does a lot of uh, production and uh, music producing and composing for different like commercials and his own projects. So it's a bit easier to travel here and there. And same thing with me, it's a bit easier and we're very extremely fortunate that we can even think to do that. Yeah, But it is, it's been really crazy. I mean, we were just like FaceTiming all the time and like texting and we'd stay up and like talk for hours, but it's, it's very hard. I mean, I know a lot of people that had to break up or had to like, Mm -hmm. you know, try to figure out what they're going to do with their next steps. But we tried everything. We even did the whole like love is not tourism act. I don't know if you heard about it, but basically basically it was happening, I think in Germany. And then it went into France where couples um, were emailing and sending letters to the embassy and um, just telling them like, Hey, I want to go see my loved one. Why can't I leave? And you would have to prove your relationship and write like an essay. We both wrote essays and proved that we had traveled to see each other and all these things. It honestly sounds like Romeo and Juliet. It's the the fun. They're keeping you apart. (laughs) Insane. I know. And then we finally were like, that's it. I guess I'm the only way you there's kind of a loophole through it is like you would have to go through London or a different country and then just take the Eurostar. And it's kind of crazy. You hacked it. I kind (laughs) of hacked it. I mean, I was really nervous throughout the whole thing. It was pretty intense because I'm like, all right, great. There is definitely going to be some problems if I get caught through it. But nobody said anything. It's kind of awesome. But um, but yeah, it could have <laughs> totally been awful too. I could have been. I mean, with a crazy ass fine. <laughs> I yeah. think that like traveling in general during mm-hmm. everything going on right now is just vi- like oh there's so God. much. I hate the word uncertainty. Like I feel like yeah, I'm but- very triggered by the word, but it, it's it's very uncertain. But mm-hmm. I wait. I traveled. I've gone on a plane once since the pandemic, and it really was like fine. Like I I, I even feel like an asshole saying that, but I'm like it was like everyone just kept their mask on like you know what I mean like it, it wasn't in my mind I think I made it out to be this much Crazy scarier thing, thing. Right? yeah and like I felt like I was gonna feel really like anxious and really paranoid but I'm like I got on the plane I wiped everything down I kept yeah. my mask on yeah literally the entire time and then I took mm-hmm. some medicine and I passed out <laughs> that's that's exactly what I did not even joking and and it's crazy <laughs> because the plane is super empty so you get a right. whole row to yourself yep and I think yep. there's only like 20 people on the plane, to be honest. And that's really crazy. Like I've never traveled during something like this in my whole entire life. But it honestly is really not that bad. I think that that the general public and the media kind of like terrifies everybody to leave. And mm-hmm. it's, and I mean, I, I understand, of course, but you know, you're not picking airlines where they're, you know, putting everybody stuffing them all into mm-hmm. the plane, mm-hmm. thankfully. I mean, British Airways... Shout out to them. <laughs> they, they're doing it <laughs> properly. They're doing it really, really properly. So you feel super safe. And yeah, it's extremely safe. Like you said, you're you're wiping things down. Mm-hmm. I was already OCD to begin with. So this just yep. made me triple and made me actually feel a bit better that everybody wears it. It has a hand sanitizer yeah. with them. <laughs> so you're not like the I was telling anymore. 
I was telling my sister, I'm like, I kind of hope that like moving forward, everyone continues to wear masks on planes. Totally. Like, I hope this just becomes like the standard because mm-hmm. you are breathing recycled air, which is yeah. really gross. And I think we've always, everyone's always like, ew, like plain air, gross. Like you totally. feel nasty. You're, you might get a, you might get a breakout or something, but like oh, it always. is actually super fucking gross. So I'm like, we should, we should always be wearing masks on plane. Like let's, let's always do this. Cause I just feel like it's so much more sanitary. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just feel better being on a plane with everyone wearing a mask. 100%. I agree with you. Same. Um, But yeah, I think that everything, everything that's gone on in 2020 has been so strange. And I will say though, like as far as like, I feel like it, it's been shitty in a lot of ways, but it hasn't been the worst year. And I feel like crazy saying that, but I'm like, there's been a lot of bad things that have happened in 2020, but it hasn't been the worst. And I don't know if that's just like some weird coping mechanism that I've created in my mind, but like, <laughs> Honestly, how, do you, how do you feel like the year has been going? Oh, like, man. like, do you feel like, Oh, it's like a piece of shit. Like I hate it. Like let's act like it never happened. It's, it's kind of crazy because it does feel like a movie for me. Like it, it <laughs> yeah. honestly, it just feels like a novel slash. I don't know, especially in Los Angeles where like in January everything was going great for me like all these jobs were coming in and we were Mm -hmm. shooting and filming February same thing and then it just like went downhill from there where everything started canceling and and at first I was like ah it's cold whatever it's not a big deal like I'll just wear a mask I definitely ordered and pre-ordered everything like gloves and and every I pre-ordered a bunch of stuff um, knowing that it would be fine right and I I was supposed to get on a flight to go to Dubai specifically to do a job. And the day of my flight, the client had emailed and called us being like, do not get on the plane. Officially, the hotel you guys were going to stay in is going to be quarantined, like the whole entire hotel. Somebody has it, you know, has covid And Mm -hmm. so you cannot get on the plane. So that's kind of where it all started. And it's it's been such a journey. I'm like, <laughs> again, I'm just like, re- I'm laughing because now I can laugh about it. But before I was like having a heart, like I was having such anxiety and freak. Oh, out. Yeah. I was just like, is this the end of the world? I was like asking my mom and my dad. <laughs> and they're just like, Dana, we survived like Lebanon war, like proper, yeah. proper war. Yeah. You're being asked to sit in your room with Wi-Fi and food and like watch mm-hmm. Netflix. Like you're chilling. There's no problem. But I guess like for me, it was just like freaking me out because I'm 100% freelance. And so I'm like, all right, okay. Like here's three jobs canceled, four jobs, five mm-hmm. are all, you know, canceling. Yeah. So it kind of freaked me out in the sense of like, oh my God, is my career over? Like, am I going to yeah. get a normal job? And if so how if the world is shut down so it was just like a few things like you said you're bringing up like the unnecessary like that that feeling of the unknown through through all of this and it it's very strange I mean I again I keep thinking about this the other day I was like I have to write all of the feelings that I'm feeling like writing all all of it down like my future children to just be like damn this is what mom went through I have been wanting to start journaling. Like I I kept a journal when I was like a teenager, which it's online because I was like a little digital teenager and I had a live journal. And so it's all there and all of its embarrassing glory for me to read over me, like writing like a page long entry about how my mom is the worst because she won't take (laughs) me to the mall. Um, But I'm like, I feel like this is a time where I do actually want to document my feelings, especially because 
I've had so many emotions this year, which I, I really think, I don't know. I think the reason why I'm like, it's not the worst is because I feel like there was a lot of growth to be had this 100%. year. And I, and I feel like yeah. that is something that I really, really like feel so strongly about. And like, mm-hmm. I'm just glad that I was able to like live through this and, and be healthy and be fine. And my family's healthy and fine. And it, it made me very just like grateful for like every day in a way that like, I, I, I maybe hadn't uh, fully grasped before, but also you know, you were mentioning your parents were just kind of like, you just have to like sit in your room with like Wi-Fi and watch TV. My mom really put things into perspective for me real quick. Like when I first told her, I was like, this is so crazy. She's like, you have like a roof over your head, a fridge full of full of all your favorite weird food that you Uh like you Uh can watch any any movie you can even imagine you can watch you can read books and have them delivered to your front door like you you have like (laughs) endless possibilities and she was like what are you gonna do with that time it's just a matter of having more free time than Mm -hmm. you've ever had before and that made me completely kind of shift and I was like you're right I do have this time that I've never had before what am I going to do with this time? Exactly. And not in the sense where I was like, I have to be super productive. It's just like, no. I want to do things that I wouldn't normally exactly. have it, done. And so, it, mm-hmm. and, it, and so I think that's kind of, that really shifted my kind of approach to it rather than like, it's like, oh, 2020, the year lost. Like the year where like, I didn't get to create new memories. It's like, no, you are in control of that. Like you can mm-hmm. create your memory. But I mean, I think it's super valid as a freelance myself to be freaked the fuck out when jobs are being put on hold indefinitely or you're losing jobs and you're like, LOL, am I going to be able to pay my rent? Like, you know, for sure. But it's really scary. Yeah. I think, I mean, I definitely remember that at one point, like that was the first phase, like, like three weeks into it was just Mm -hmm. like panic and freaking out. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards it was just like, what you had said is like, Oh, you have all this free time what are you going to do with it? You know? And it, it, I think like we work in such an interesting, crazy world where everything is just like right now, urgent tomorrow within an hour kind of like philosophy. And with all of this, it was just like such a great, like slap in the face for certain, you know, for everything that's going on. It's just like, no, use time wisely, like slow down. There is no rush. There is no urgency. Take your time. It is a really nice kind of break from the craziness that usually happens. Um, I feel like, especially in America, like, we have this thing where we we're never on vacation. We don't go on vacation. No. And if we do, it's like, oh no, you, you're gone for like maybe two weeks. Or if you're lucky yep. to even have that yep. or a weekend. Yep. Whereas like in Europe, people take that month off or they have the like courtesy of just not emailing you or texting you or anything during the weekend. Whereas like in America, it's like, no, it's 24 seven. You know, you're kind of like always thinking that way. So it is a really nice calm way to like relax and and just work on creative projects that you've wanted to do or any personal projects that you've Mm -hmm. been planning on doing and actually doing them now you know I feel like I definitely like obviously everyone kind of copes with things differently and I wasn't Mm -hmm. like putting pressure on myself to create per se but I did kind of feel like 
when am I ever going to have this much time to just exactly. like, do, do nothing kind of or do whatever something. I or do whatever the fuck I want. And like, mm-hmm. I was like completely like waking up in the morning and putting on ridiculous dresses that I like, I'm like, I have nowhere to wear this. So I'm going to wear it in my living room and I'm going to take yes. photos of myself in my living room wearing this, yeah. this dress for no reason. <laughs> and like just doing stuff like that, that I would never normally do. And like, mm-hmm. it just, I, there was definitely still those moments of like, panic where I'm like, fuck, what am I doing? What's going on? I'm so scared. No one has asked me to do a job in a really long time. Mm -hmm. I don't have any new clients. But then, Mm -hmm. you know, as you know, everything kind of went back to normal. And, and I don't know how it was for you in LA. But like, that for me was like a really weird transition going from being in this kind of very relaxed on my own schedule state of mind to just out of nowhere, like my emails, my inbox, I can't keep Mm -hmm. up with them. I feel, (laughs) I feel drained by even the most, like the the most ridiculous, tiny little task. I'm like, Oh, I I went to the post office today. I need to like take a nap now. Like just, (laughs) Oh my God. I know that feeling. I know the like, you know, I've seen that meme where it's just like work for 10 minutes. Oh, I'm done for the day. Like all good. What a hard day. No, I totally know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, like it, for me, I'm just used to doing so much and not, mm-hmm. not because it's like a job or anything. I'm just like, I don't know, program that way as a kid. Like I did right. so many things in my free time, if it was personal work or not. And so for me, it felt really hard to kind of just be chilling and watching like all the episodes of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air mm-hmm. or I watched mm-hmm. so many seasons of The Simpsons and Girlfriends and like all these shows <laughs> that I normally wouldn't have watched like back to back like that but it was a nice time to just like decompose for a second and just chill yes And then, and then at one point I was just like, okay, I can't do this anymore. And I'm just like texting and calling my friends and I'm like, do you want to just do an, you know, some sort of shoot together and just shoot outside or do something. And, and then it just kind of started writing and just like really wanting to pursue more of that because I, it, it, you know, it takes a lot of time to write a script and to just have that time off from work. You feel really focused and being able to do it. And like, for me, it was just, wanting to do all the things I don't have time to do or hadn't made time to do, if that makes sense sometimes, you know, but, or if it's just a book. (laughs) Oh, I, I started reading at the beginning of the pandemic and I realized Mm -hmm. that I had not read a book, like actually finished reading a book. Cause I tried, I've attempted to read books prior, but like I haven't read like a full book in like two years at that point. And I was like, Mm -hmm. Same. Am I even? Am I even literate? Like, what the fuck what is going I, on? Like, when? What? Yeah. <laughs> when did this happen? When did I stop reading? Because I grew up loving books. My the highlight of my week would be going to the bookstore and buying new books. So, like, I'm like, how did I even get to this place? And I swear, I had to like ease myself back into reading. Like, I couldn't mm-hmm. just like jump into like something heavy. Like, I had to like, I got this like stupid novel. Like, some like I think it's like a like a like probably directed at teenagers if I'm, uh-huh. I'm pretty Love sure and I got I picked it up at Target and it was just like a nice quick digestible easy read mm-hmm. and like I had to like work my way back into like reading a book and I was mm-hmm. like I'm really happy that I, I actually had the time to do that because I'm like, I forgot how much I love reading and how inspired I feel after I've read a really good book and also 
I mean, it helps you expand your vocabulary, which like who doesn't want to sound super yeah. smart? Intelligent. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I like sounding smart. What What were your favorite books that you read? Honestly, I so one of so one of the first like I guess like easier books that I like started reading that I really ended up loving is Daisy Jones and the Six. I feel like everyone oh, read that book. Have you what? What is this? I need to look it, so it's, Daisy it's, Jones. It's and fiction. The Six? Okay. Yes, it's fiction. And I word on the street is that it's loosely based off Fleetwood Mac. Oh, oh my God. Okay, I just Googled this. That's right. Oh, and then, oh, all right, cool. They're actually, uh, it seems like they're going to be making this into a TV series. Yeah. I would it's love cool. that. It's very, like, very rock cool. and roll lifestyle. It's Amazing. also just one of those really quick reads that, like, sucks you in right away, which is, like, mm-hmm. what you kind of want when you haven't read a book in a long time. Like, it's, like, you want something that you feel, like, engulfed in, where it's, like, you it, all yeah. you could think about is, like, finishing this book because you want to know what happens. Oh, I love and, it. Yep. Definitely. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Like I was like sad when, when that, what have, what was uh, a book that you read that you really loved? Oh my God. Well, I, I, I feel like I was the complete opposite. I read this one <laughs> book called Severance um, and it's by <laughs> Ling Ma. And it, the book is insane because it's basically talking about a very similar okay sorry here let me re-explain this book damn all right it's it's an amazing book it's basically talking about some sort of pen like chinese virus very similar to what was going on due to covid but it's a bit different in that time zone um and it, it almost takes place i feel like in the beginning of the 2000s from what i remember from the book and it's yeah. a virus that takes over all of new york and the main girl that's in it is the only one that kind of like survives this whole thing it's amazing i i honestly loved this book i was reading at the very beginning of lockdown i felt really at ease when i was reading this book because it was just like kind of like seeing what would happen in the future kind of of what's gonna go on (laughs) with everything a lot of my friends were like how could you read that book right now it's like this isn't the time to read that because it would add more stress to it but I honestly wanted to find out like what happens you know this like it was comforting it was comforting to read this um it was really amazing I really recommend it Severance uh by Ling Ma and she's an amazing I already, I just added it to my, my Amazon list. Yeah, please read that book. It's really insane. And she just writes like, as if she's, it's like her diary. She's just writing out what's happening. And she like break up and she's in New York and then she has to leave New York because of the virus that's happening. It's insane. And it's very similar to what we're all experiencing. Um, I definitely want to read that now because I feel like I would find that comforting. I can see why people would feel uneasy, like, especially since she's like the only person that survived. It's like, fuck, are we going to get to that point where there's only like one person who survives? But I, I just feel like there's something about even even if it's fictional to see to read or see or hear about someone who's going through a similar experience. Yes. And I've spoken about this a lot on my podcast, mm-hmm. especially like in regards to like Arab identity and, mm-hmm. and feeling under unrepresented as a child and not seeing anyone who looked like me. There's something so comforting about seeing or reading about someone who's going through a similar experience to you that makes you feel less alone. And it's 100%. it is comforting. One hundred percent. I agree with you on that. And so I, speaking of kind of, you know, 
all, you know, being Arab and everything. So you're half mm-hmm. Lebanese, half Sudanese. I mean, when you were growing up, it sounds like you were more so like leaning towards like Lebanese culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I grew up <laughs> in a huge family. We basically have every type of person you could imagine. We have people that are Egyptian, Libyan, Moroccan, Saudi Arabian, uh, Lebanese. I, honestly, we have the whole globe. That's always been our joke <laughs> in our family. You're the United Nations. We are, we definitely are, 100%. <laughs> um, but yeah, I grew up uh, in a Lebanese, you know, upbringing, uh, and I was, you know, very fortunate. Both my parents were very welcoming when I wanted to go into the art world or wanted to go into film. Um, they were always very like uh, f- there for me. <laughs> I'm trying to find the right yeah. word here, but yeah, no, supportive parents supportive. when That's when you're going into the the creative space, especially. I think for a lot of Arabs is not, Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, the norm. No, it's not really the norm. And and so I was really uh, fortunate. My Both my parents were very, like, supportive throughout anything I ever did. Um, so I, you know, I owe it both to them. Uh, but yeah, that that's a little bit about my background. Um, yeah. <laughs> Did you, did you feel like you like identified with like the Lebanese culture growing up? Cause I, wait, where were you born and raised? I was born in Los Angeles and okay. then my parents had gotten a divorce. So I, my mom and I moved to London and we lived there for a few years and then we moved back to LA. So grew up in London for in 10 years, uh, was there. And then I moved back to LA, like right at the beginning of the two thousands and have been there ever since. Um, but yeah, so it it was really interesting. Like we, I definitely traveled a lot for just because of, you know, my family grew up in Lebanon, but during Mm -hmm. all the wars that were going on and how unsafe it was, my family moved around a lot. Mm -hmm. They were, there's so many of our family are based in Europe and throughout the Middle East, of course, but mainly they're in Europe and just still outside of Lebanon. I have maybe like two or three family members that are in Lebanon still. Um, and it, with everything going on, my God, it, what a hell of a year. I, I just, for me, yeah. it's been pretty intense. And yeah. it's, it just never ends, especially like in LA, it was just like, really insane it was just like the pandemic fires the riots it like oh yeah the aliens what's next you know it's just like a <laughs> really really crazy uh trump like <laughs> oh my so, god but but i guess like definitely you know what, what we were talking about at the beginning of like having some someone or seeing yourself or being identified i definitely yeah. didn't have any of that like growing yeah. up i was you know watching the disney channel i was really fortunate that they actually kind of did a great job with diversity. (laughs) Yeah. But other than that, in the 2000s, it wasn't about that. It was like about being like stick thin and being a blonde and blue eyed and fake tan, which I definitely did not relate to because I don't look anything (laughs) like that, you know, but I'm I'm not talking about anyone who's naturally looks like that, but people who didn't, obviously. Um, (laughs) But 
But yeah, I definitely didn't have that. I like read a lot of books and watched a lot of movies. And I really identified with characters that were women and just stood up and were rebellious and just did what they wanted. That was always like the character I wish I could be when I was a kid. Definitely ones who didn't follow the rules. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely like can relate to that. Like I, when I was growing up, like my, the person that I like looked up to was, um, the lead singer of a band called the yeah, yeah, yeah. Her name is oh Karen. O. And like, are you serious? That's my, the main person I looked up to too. Are you serious? I, I could cry right now. That's insane. I, I, I loved her. Like I, I would come home from school when I was like in, yep. in high school every single day and I yes. would listen to the album Fever to Tell and I would just yep. listen to it over and over and over again. And I was like, I just like, I, I wish I could be as, <laughs> I just feel like she's such a, a strong, oh my free, badass woman who just like was saying things that no one else was no. saying in the early 2000s. One. And she just... And you could tell she wasn't trying to be controversial. Oh. She wasn't trying to be anything. She was just very much so being herself. And I really, really, really like respected that about her. And then it was also this, I don't know if you experienced this, but I also had this kind of other part of me that loved fashion so much. So like, I really loved, you know, um, <laughs> Uh, at the time, like, I, I obviously loved, like, Kate Moss. She was really, like, I, I think at the height of her career around that time. But then also, like, I, like, loved, like, Misha Barton and, like, Nicole Richie and these, like you said, like, really skinny white women who did not look anything like me. And I would, like, try yeah. to... I would try mm -hmm. to recreate their outfits and it just didn't look the same on me. And I just... Oh, yeah. I remember realizing, I was like, I just don't look like them and they just don't yeah. look like me. And, and that made me lean more towards you know, dressing like a little punk rock kid, which mm -hmm. I think, uh, I'm glad that I moved in that direction. Cause I feel like that definitely made me cooler. <laughs> no, 100%. But it's, it's really, oh my God. Especially when you said Karen, I was like, is she serious? Because I that is someone her. I idolized. I first met Karen when I was 16. I freaking cried. I just love her so, 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 so much. Like what an amazing leader. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, she's freaking phenomenal. I, I had the same exact role model and I had a poster of the Ayas in my room <laughs> back in. The I can't day. believe we lived the same. Literally, I mean, it's insane. It's really cool. Yeah. I love that. I had pictures I would cut out because I lived in Dubai at the time. Mm -hmm. So getting a yeah, yeah, yeah wow. poster was not, it wasn't like accessible. Oh, like, you know so, what I mean? Like, oh, wow. So I, I would. No, they would have something like that there. No, you, Dubai was not. I actually just spoke to someone um, on an episode that I think is going to come out right before this, just about like how like Dubai, when I lived there is just not, it was a desert when I lived there. It was yeah, a desert with, I a remember few, it with like. Yeah, with like five malls. That was yeah, it. That, that's it. what it was. Not like the future now as how it no. is now. It's like, whoa, and next level. I remember I would go to like the Dubai city center and I forget the name of the store that they had that sold like books and CDs. It was like at the mall. It's like their Barnes and Noble. I don't remember what it was called, but I would go find like AP magazine and I would like hoard them and I would like find pictures of like bands that I liked and I would make these little collages because mm -hmm. I couldn't get band posters and I would yeah. put them up. So I remember I would have these little random cutouts of the AAS and Karen on my wall, like these sad little, sad little mini fake posters. I love it. I think that's so badass. Do you still have them? 
Um, you know, what's really actually fucking weird is, so I now my trunk is basically the, my storage unit. I don't know mm-hmm. why the trunk of my car shit that I don't have space for or ha- am too lazy to bring into my apartment end up living in my trunk. So I moved in February, like right before lockdown, luckily. And I had some stuff that was in my trunk and I had to drop off my car to get like service. And they asked me to clear out my trunk. And I found this framed photo that I made. I'll send you a picture of it. It's oh hilarious. God, where please do. I, like a random it's like a collage of random things and like I had written out like lyrics from like different songs like Interpol songs and and all these bands that I loved and the yeah yeah I was like I had written out lyrics and kind of put them all together and then there was like a random um picture from of the Garden State movie like I had oh ripped it out God, of the magazine yes, and like apartment. it was like Suck, it's bro. like a collage of like random shit and yeah so i i kept that but i don't have anything else that's like the one thing i kept because it was i great. love that that's so cute yeah please i i would love to see that my it's, it's so funny i feel like you see that i feel like it would be a representation of both of our childhoods basically 100 percent. um but yeah so you you also grew up listening to um it sounds like you grew up listening to rock music how did you kind of find your way into that that space or that kind of genre I you know when I moved back to LA um from London I pretty much was going to middle school and then I went to high school but when I was in middle school and high school both of them god I I had met this one girl um and she was like okay if you want to hang out with me you have to listen to these CDs and she just gave me a stack (laughs) of CDs and was like you need to learn like the history of rock and roll and I was just like okay cool so because I listened at the beginning you know in middle school to like Britney Spears and sync and yeah, like every yeah. brandy like all the pop artists at the time and she was like into the ACDC like the Queen all these like different you know bands um and so I listened to her like long I still have them actually these CDs oh my god had burned for me and they were like the history of you know rock and roll and I I listened to so many things, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, like all these crazy <laughs> bands. Like the classics. The classics, not, not even like not a joke for real. She was super serious about it. And so I listened to everything. And um, and then at the time I was just really into fashion as well. I had like Teen Vogue and an L girl. Mm-hmm. And I remember I, I would watch MTV, you know, and I remember seeing like the Yeah Yeah's music video for Maps. It was like directed by Spike Jones for the first time. And I was like, who is this woman? I was just like, she is so cool. I want to cut my hair like that. I want to wear like fishnet stockings like that with, with my sneakers, like with Converse, pink Converse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh yeah. I definitely had pink Converse. (laughs) I loved it. So I just kind of started more like you were saying of like, there was two types of girls. You could be the Abercrombie blonde, like mm-hmm. fake tan girl, or you could be this like emo girl that was a bit more cutting yeah. edge. That was sort of like, you know, Anna from the OC, or it was more mm-hmm. like that kind of girl who was just the, the tomboy, but really cool and interesting kind of like a Kelly Osbourne as well and Avril Lavigne mm-hmm. and all these like <laughs> back in the day. But I feel like Karen was like the main person that I I really identified with because she was just, she wasn't like a, 
it wasn't a fake performance or a fake yeah. display. It was really genuine and, and just, you can just feel the emotions of her seeing her perform. But I really was into uh, all of that, more of that kind of 2000s indie music, like Rooney and, oh my God, there's so Rooney. many strokes and, you know, oh oh, God, I still love the strokes. So there's like so much music. Oh, I still love them too, honestly. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, honestly, I, I, I will tell people like, if there's any music advice you'll ever take from me, just listen to Fever to Tell. Like, oh, 100%. Just listen to that album. It's like, it, and, tell, it's and also you just feel so pumped. Like, mm -hmm. I swear to God, I'm like, if you want to feel fucking pumped, listen to this album. If you want to drive and like listen to music and blast it and just feel so good and so free, like listen to this album. Like, and it's and it's yeah. so amazing how these these albums that I listened to when I was younger, like, like you said, by the strokes and all these people, I still listen to them now. And I still feel the same feelings yeah. I felt when I was like 15 or 16, like they've, they've stood the test of time. Like their music Classic. is timeless. And I'm like, I, that makes me also like so happy. Cause I'm like, you, you know, there are certain things when you grow up, you like, you know, you dabble in things here and there. And then you look back on it. You're like, Oh, that's so embarrassing. Or like, Oh, that's so like, I hate saying cringe, but you know, cringe. No, but it, yeah. It, it's kind of nice to be able to like fondly look back on something and still have it resonate with you. Cause it feels like there's still that part of you that's connected to it. 100%. Have you read this one book, um, meet me in the bathroom by any chance? I, I mean, it, the title of it is the name of a song by the stroke. So who, wrote yeah. book? I, haven't, I haven't read it. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, I believe it's by Elizabeth uh, Goodman and she basically wrote it about all the bands in the two thousands. It's a brilliant, it's huge. It's like maybe like 500 pages. It's a pretty thick book, but it's amazing because it interviews so many different bands that were at the height of their career in, in the two thousands, Karen O. I mean, the AAS in general, like Nick Zinn, all of them are are a part of this book you should definitely get it but yeah it's it's a brilliant book and it just kind of like talks about you know how they started what they did what was going on at the time like what was real and what wasn't it's it's a great book i really recommend it I'm a hundred percent. Like, I'm not even saying this. I'm going to buy this book and read it. Like I'm so excited. I'm shocked that I haven't read it yet because like, I just looked at the, just the cover of it. Yeah. I'm like, I need to read this book. You like the, the little rocker girl who still lives inside of me needs to, to, to oh, learn everything there is to know. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's, it's so interesting because like, I, I think we kind of touched on this briefly, but just it's, there's something so comforting, even until now, to meet someone that I feel like has similar experiences or similar culture or similar background to me. So even hearing that, like, yeah, when I grew up, I also really looked up to Karen O. Like, it's it's Seriously, a yeah. comforting, it's, it's a comforting, nice feeling that it's just kind of like we had this kind of shared experience mm -hmm. in a way with mm -hmm. this person whom I, you know, I just met basically today, and and it's really interesting. And um, I did want to ask you though because you know, you do so many things creatively, like you are definitely like a very creative person. I watched your short film, um, Crimson Rose, and oh it was beautiful. <laughs> like, like, everyone should go watch it. But thank you. Like, do you feel like, 
these, the, the music you listen to, the fashion and all that, do you feel like it inspires you creatively to, you know, the things that you're creating now? 100%. When I made Crimson Rose, that was my first short film. It was like, I think in 2014 or something like that. Um, but definitely I, I, when I start a film or when I'm thinking creatively, I definitely make like a playlist. I start pulling images left and right. It's pretty, it's like Mm -hmm. madness. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, I just, everything kind of inspires me for the characters and the storyline. And sometimes I won't even know what the story is until I put together a few like images and mood kind of. Uh, more of a setting and then I'll start to create a story from those images. I'm very visual. And so that's kind of how I work, but mm-hmm. 100% uh, and, and music is super important for me. Whenever I'm working on a film, I did th- this short film last year called the casting and it was for um, a festival for Halloween. And it's so strange because I, I feel like every Halloween I come out with a new film last mm-hmm. year and the year before that, but the casting and speaking of the IAS, um, I had Nick mm-hmm. Zinner, who's the guitarist. Uh, yeah. He's a good friend of mine and he did the score for it for the movie. And so it's, it's just really important to me to make the music work with the sound, the, the vision of what you're seeing. It's really like the first thing, at least when I'm watching a horror film or any kind of film, especially horror, the first thing I do is like, I close my ears and I hide my eyes if it's a crazy scene. Cause it's just like the music really makes it come to life. Everything else. If you know, if you put the film on mute, it could work for sure. Maybe like a Sophia Coppola movie where it's just mm-hmm. visually stunning. But then when you put music, you're like, oh my god! You just really feel like you're in the scene with with the actors and really living this storyline. I mean, yeah, I, it's funny that you mentioned Sophia Coppola because I feel like the soundtracks from like. Virgin Suicides, Marie Antoinette, like those are some of my favorite movie soundtracks. And like, I associate like air with Virgin Suicides. And like, it just like, even like all of these, um, what was a song by the strokes that was on the Marie Antoinette one? Oh Oh, oh my God. There's so many. I can't, I'm blanking on the name for you. It's like, uh, I know. I'm like, I can sing it for you, but I can't remember the name. Uh, Whatever happened. It's called whatever happened. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And like that song, when I hear it, I can like visualize the movie and, 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 and and visuals and music, they really do go hand in hand. It's crazy. Cause we're like, when you watch scary movie, when you hear the scary music, what do you do? I'm like, you're right. I cover my fucking eyes because I'm a baby. And I'm like, something scary is going to happen. I know it. And like, you can feel it. Like even just hearing the music, you start feeling the feeling that they want you to feel, which is afraid. And like, you do really feel that, which is why like, yeah, I'm like, I got to cover my ears because like, I can't, I'm scared. I'm already scared. 100% same. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Like I'm just like, but I think, Honestly, like I was like looking into like a lot of the work you've done and you've done some, Dana, you've done some pretty cool uh, shit. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was like, oh, you. that's cool. Oh, that's cool. I'm like, oh my God, this, she's done like a lot. Like, I'm like, where did, where does one even start? Like you were one of the first people to shoot Lily Rose Depp. I'm like, what the fuck? Who are you? Who's this person? Who is this woman, Dana? You've done cool, cool shit. You've, you've worked with brands like Gucci, like what like is there is there like a project that you worked on that you were like this is like my favorite like this is the coolest shit I've ever done like I can't even believe this is happening um I think you know 
It's really hard to say because it's like a lot of stuff where that keeps happening oh, and it's oh, still like kind of- the There's a lot of cool thing. shit that you've done. I get it. <laughs> I, think the, the, I guess it would definitely be in January, I shot a Nike campaign and it's oh. um, it's for the women's uh, basketball, like the, the women's- uh, Oh my God, why can't I say it correctly? I'm sorry, I'm kind of nervous. Is it the WNBA? <laughs> yeah, is that, the is WNBA, that, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I shot the women um, basketball players and I think that was really surreal for me because they're all going to the Olympics. And so oh I was just like, is this happening? All right, cool. So there have been those types of moments where it's just like, oh my God, I'm getting to work with someone I've like you know, either idolized or had like seen or whatever throughout the years of my life. And it's, it's, I, I just, I'm so damn grateful. That's all I have to say is like, yeah. I am freaking grateful that these opportunities and things are being presented, but it's just a lot of hard fucking work. <laughs> you know, I mean, oh, yeah, you are. It's just like, I don't sleep. I work really hard. I work every <laughs> single day. I'm like manifesting or just, you know, trying to make a way to make this happen. And that's kind of always been my philosophy with everything is like, no matter how many people told me like, I can't do this or there's no way you're going to be able to do that. I always end up proving them wrong. And I, it's just because I just don't stop. That's kind of it. <laughs> if I were um, to be honest, that's where you, basically where it would be. And I think, yeah, hard work definitely I mean if you work hard at anything like you're yeah. going to achieve it I'm, I'm a firm believer in it and, and you kind of you touched on manifestation mm-hmm. I fully Same. in my heart like I've seen it I manifestation I really genuinely works. think works and I think you can look at it in a bunch of different ways I think people view manifestation you know as like oh like you could just be like ma- my mom I've spoken to my mom about it she's very religious so she's like you mean praying like that's what you're doing. <laughs> you're, literally, you're praying and yeah. I was like no mama I'm like I'm speaking it into existence and exactly. she's just like she's like shut the fuck up you're praying yeah. I'm like mom no but like I just think that we all have kind of I've come to realize everyone manifests in different ways whether or not they realize it's happening but like I'm constantly telling people I'm like no you don't understand you need to do this like write things down say them out loud like yeah they will happen it's actually like it's insane like I actually still can't believe it like because it's so crazy how I've seen manifestation actually work. So like, is that something, I mean, it sounds like from your agreement with me, it sounds like it is something that you really believe in. One million percent. Um, I'm the type of person that writes every single thing down and not like on my phone. I actually write it on paper if I want it to happen. Yes. So I like handwritten everything out and then I'll put it on my wall. And somehow it just happens. I mean, it could be something really random and it will happen. It's crazy. so I, I'm a huge believer in that. I just, and as a kid, I always like listen to different, um, you know, uh, positive like uh, speakers and just different people that kind of are explaining the method of how this all works. And it, all of them said this, to be successful, you have to do the following things. Like number one, you have to be very extremely specific of what you want. Number two, mm-hmm. write them down. Number three, start you know affirmations and start really putting them into your life that these things are actually happening right now. 
And I, yeah, that's, I've been doing that for a very long time, you know, and, and it's just like, it, it, it's not overnight. It takes a long time and eventually it will be there. You know, you'll eventually get what you want. You just have to mm-hmm. believe in yourself and the believe and be very specific of what you want. Have you ever experienced like, uh, what's called imposter syndrome, like where you just kind of feel like I can't believe these opportunities are coming to me. Like who, why the fuck do these people want me? Oh, for sure. Oh my God. (laughs) 100%. I mean, (laughs) I have, I I still sometimes feel like that sometimes, you know, I have to slap myself in the face, you know, slap your face and be like, no, this isn't a dream. This is actually reality. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely. I still have that. I was like, Oh, what is that? But 100%, I feel like I've felt that before and still do till today. And I think that's kind of just, I I just, I don't know. I've just always been brought up to kind of be super like chill about these types of things. Yeah. And you're still in your head like, wait, what, what you still, you want to work with me of all people. It's kind of like how you brought up like Lily Rose Depp. I was just like shocked. I was like, you want (laughs) to shock me for sure. Like that happened. That happened. The sweetest girl and like so stunning. So and the images are beautiful. That's, that's the other thing. Like, I feel like the way you create things, it's just like, your kind of, I guess, aesthetic is so beautiful. And just so like, have you like, how do you feel like what inspired that kind of style that you create? Or did it just kind of like come to you innately? It just kind of uh, came to me like I've I've always experimented with cameras like throughout my childhood. So, and I just always wanted to make something look a bit different or more distinguished or whatever. I really like resonated with seventies and eighties photography. Mm -hmm. I loved the soft light. I loved, you know, that kind of like dreamy aesthetic also in the sixties. And when, you know, they started playing with the focus and playing with different filters and such. So I just wanted to make, images look a bit more unique and not just be so sharp and perfect you know like yeah that was one thing I didn't really I wasn't really attracted to that I liked images that looked like a painting or that had Mm -hmm. a bit more meaning to it especially because they're stills and that's kind of a thing that I always thought about with photography is like I want someone to be thinking of like the image that they're looking at and not just like oh whatever next (laughs) it looks like everything else or everyone else you know I just wanted it to feel like a bit more like art and, and it definitely, I mean, that's how it translated to me. So good job. You. you did it because like, I feel like that's something that I've noticed when I was looking through your work, I, it, you kind of, st- I, I found myself like stopping to really look at it and it does kind of look like a painting. Like as oh, soon as you said you. that, oh, I was like, but a lot of, a lot of her photos do look like have this very painting like feeling and it's, they're very soft and they're very beautiful and like the colors and everything about it. Like I really, really, really love that entire kind of look. I'm like, this is gorgeous. Like I would frame this and put this up in my living room and be so happy. <laughs> but it's 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 definitely like you you have a very unique eye. And I feel like especially in the the age of kind of like Instagram where you know everyone's a photographer and everyone's a creator and everyone which is great. I think everyone mm-hmm. should be creating. I think it's great. I think it's uh something that we should all be exercising and you know, you might be good at it and you might not be, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I think that everything does kind of look the same. And I was just talking to a friend about this. I mean, to quote Fight Club, everything is a copy of a copy of a copy. Like everything really is. So when you come across something 
that feels different. I feel like it really does kind of hold a little bit more meaning because you start to kind of look at it in a more thoughtful way, as opposed for to like, sure. you know, just mindlessly scrolling all the time and just like, Oh, that's cute. That's cute. Like, Oh, that girl's wearing that shirt. I saw this other girl wearing that shirt the same day. Right. Like, oh, like it looks, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. really nice to see that. I feel like your images are shot very like thoughtfully. Thank you. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think especially like nowadays, I'm just really thinking of like the story behind it, especially Mm -hmm. with photography, where it's with film, it's a different with like video and film, it's a whole different thing. But with photography, it's like, you only have that one shot, you know, you don't Mm -hmm. have multiple shots of the person or they're speaking or doing something. So you really have to get it at a perfect, well, at least for me, it's like a perfection, perfection, but like really get it the way you want it to be, you know? And so like, you've mentioned a few times that you like work a lot. And like, honestly, I respect the hustle so much. Do you do you kind of keep like a like a schedule? Do you have like a routine? Or are you just kind of like, these are the things I need to do today. And like, this is how I'm going to do it. Is every day different? Or do you can, try to keep more of a routine? I try to do the routine thing. But it really, unfortunately, it is very different. Like one day, I'll yeah. have like a million things I have to do. And then the next day, it's like nothing. It's, it's really funny. I talk to my best friend Maggie about this all the time where it's like, it either rains and it's pouring or there's yep. nothing. It's it's really like a, it's like a roller coaster, right? But I guess like when there isn't a lot of work to be done or there isn't work in general, it's just it's nice to be able to actually relax. But then I just mm-hmm. kind of don't relax. <laughs> and I end up like, <laughs> thinking of different ideas that I could be doing on my day off. And it's kind of dumb and annoying that I have to just like actually relax and really take that seriously. Um, yeah. But, but uh, I I usually do do things that are of a routine, meaning like I'll wake up and I'll write a few things, like write a, mm-hmm. a few ideas, and then maybe come back to it a later time. Or I'll you know I'll definitely end up watching a few movies during the week that I hadn't seen. Or I again try to finish a damn book. Yeah. <laughs> so if yeah like that, that, that are really important to do, especially when you work in film and, and create and in creative creativity, God, sorry, I speak three <laughs> languages. So sometimes English can be a little tricky here. <laughs> Cause I'm like thinking in different words and different, yeah. languages. but, um, but yeah, so sometimes, you know, it's important to do these things because at then at the end of the day, you might be just scrolling on your phone forever. Yes. I have to really, you know, I put the little like timer thing where I can be on Instagram for the X amount of hours or minutes or whatever it do is. You, do you listen to your timer? Because I eventually turned it off because I was like, I'm not listening to this timer. This is, this is pointless and it's just creating more of an annoyance. I want to scroll endlessly. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I surpass it and then I, I've always yeah. got like 15 more minutes. Thanks. And then, yeah. <laughs> But I honestly, I feel really great because of where I am at the moment. I'm in Camp mm-hmm. which is like by the beachside in France. Oh. So the Wi-Fi here doesn't work so well, which I'm really glad about. But obviously, right now it's working perfectly. Because Thank I God. Sure. <laughs> no, don't worry. I, ha- I knew it. I know exactly Literally. Where, 
where the internet is. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm going to be on my computer, like glued next to the router for our call. And as soon as you said that, I like had a panic moment. Like, oh my God, is she going to cut out? What's going on? Like, what's no, gonna- no, don't worry. Yeah. But like, I know certain places in the house where it works perfectly. Yeah. I'm not going to always be in that corner. So yeah. you have to kind of like put your phone down and just like, try to like relax and and watch something or read a book <laughs> oh my god it's it's crazy I don't know it don't it know. is so crazy and I mean I'm definitely addicted to my phone I'll say it. I'll be the first person to say it and mm-hmm. I and I I was really thinking about this the other day I was like there are certain things that I love to do. Why does why is it that I love to go to like a hot yoga class? Or why is it that I love to do this? And I genuinely think it's because it forces me to be away from my phone, which is sure. so strange because I'm like, but wait, I love my phone. So why is it that I, but it, I think we've all, at least let me not generalize. I am at a place where like, I am just, my hand will just go to my phone. And before I know it, I'm like, scrolling and like liking things and I'm like what the fuck is it's like my hand has like a mind of its own I swear and I'm like but I but I also really can appreciate that break from it and I feel like I need it and I like it and I crave it and it's like I mean honestly finding that balance I I hope that I can come to a point where I can find a healthy balance between like my living my life and my phone but like I'm constantly taking pictures of things, wanting to document things, <laughs> yeah. wanting to s- send something to my friend or, li- oh, there's a new song that came out that Spotify notified me about that I might like it. You know what? I might like it. Let me listen to it. And now I'm doing this. And it's it's just so hard to uh, kind of have like a healthy relationship with your phone. I know. I, I, I'm the same way. I mean, the first thing I do when I wake up is like, I grab my phone when I'm like, no, I need to put my phone really far away and maybe put like a notebook or my damn book, you know, but I mean, mm-hmm. both of them are right next to me. I'm looking at them at the moment, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm really the same way. Maybe this is like a new resolution that we have to do for 2020. Honestly. And, and it's so interesting because we were talking about like, like how when we, you know, when it comes to manifesting, I like to yeah. put pen to paper. That's that's how and, I like to do it. And I think another reason why I personally love my phone is because like my iCalendar is on my phone. My to-do oh. list is on my phone. And I'm like, maybe I need to just start carrying around a, a notebook and start writing in it. I do that. I don't have, I don't really use the iCalendar or iCloud or whatever the hell. <laughs> I feel so old. I'm addicted to my calendar. I put everything on my calendar. I, I'm so nervous that the calendar somehow will delete everything that I have to do. So mm. I physically write them out. Like I wrote down the meeting. Even though I said yes on your Google invite, I <laughs> physically wrote it down. because Thank you I, for entertaining my oh, Google invite. <laughs> oh, I, don't worry. I always press yes, yes, yes. But I will definitely always write things down because I'm so paranoid that the phone somehow will erase it or cancel it or delete it or or the phone will go missing. And I'm like, shit, what do I have to do for today? So I'm pretty old school. I like to write every single thing down in my like calendar moleskin thing. (laughs) And and yeah, I I keep a moleskin too, just because like, I'm like, it's, it's clean. It's easy. Every, every now and then when I get a new one, I'm like, you know what, this is the one that I'm going to cover with stickers. I'm going to put every sticker I can find on it right now. I have a clean black one, which I'm appreciating it. But the last one I had had so many stickers on it. And like, <laughs> I just have this like stack in my little uh, media console of all these different moleskins and just like going through them. And that's the other thing I 
I love going through old things. And that's another Mm -hmm. reason why I'm like, maybe I might switch back to writing things in notebook because I genuinely, I love the feeling of nostalgia. Like I I love it so much. Me too. I miss just collaging in my notebook and Mm -hmm. like writing things out. I miss all of that. The only time I write things down again is in my freaking calendar book or, you know, yeah, that's basically it. I I miss doing all of that. I've bought so many notebooks while I've been in Paris and just like, I bought the ones that just look really, really like out of a different decade on purpose and just to write everything down. I think honestly, my takeaway from this conversation is that a, I really do need to start journaling. Like yes. that's something I think I just decided that I want to start because I genuinely, I'm like, why would I not start doing this? It's something that I love to look back on. And also there's just something really nice about seeing growth. And, and I'm obsessed mm. with just growth in general. Like I just feel like if I'm not growing, what the fuck am I doing? So to actually be able to see it with your own eyes mm-hmm. is very rewarding. And like, like I said, when I look back at these old journal entries I have, I'm like, oh my God, Nora, you've come a long way. You you've such come a little up- dumb bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. No, I, I agree with you. I've done that same when I've, I've read like past diaries where I'm like, oh my God, this is what I was like as a teenager. Like this was my <laughs> fear is passing math. Like this is pathetic. Right. But, but then you're like, damn, I've come a long ass, like long way. Like you're, like you're yeah. saying. And I think it's really important, especially during these crazy ass times it's like this Mm -hmm. has never happened ever yep ever in the world so Mm -hmm. write it down and that's what I'm going to be doing for sure I regret not writing in the like in back in March and April when shit was really shit was real like I wasn't even going to the grocery store like I was just like in my home I was in my acting yep yeah like I was I I would cry because like I mean my parents lived 30 minutes away but I couldn't I didn't, I didn't feel safe being in the same room as them. So I would like literally FaceTime my dad and then cry for like 20 minutes after, which now that I think about it, I'm like, Nora, you're so fucking dramatic. Like, <laughs> but I'm just like, I miss my baba. And like, I just want to give yeah. him a hug. And, and, and I will say I have not hugged my dad since March. Mm-hmm. Like even now, like if we're in the same area, I still keep far away from him. I wear a mask if we're inside and I have not hugged my father since March because we don't live in the same household. We don't have the same schedules. He's a much older. So he's, you know, more um, prone to, 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 you know, getting sick. So I'm just like, it's, it's, there still are these things that like, I feel like the pandemic still is taking a toll on everyone, mm-hmm. but in a way it has become the new normal where I think we've all just kind of adjusted to life with COVID. Yeah, I know. It's, it's really scary that this is why I'm like, I have to write this down because mm-hmm. it's just something that I've never ever experienced the only book that I've come across that I was telling you about severance. Yeah. The closest thing to this. It's insane. Like when you're going to be reading this book, I hope you do. You're, you're just gonna be like, what the hell? Like it's, it's really predicting everything that just happened literally verbatim. The same oh God, thing that's, that's happening. That's it's so crazy. In the book, it's like a, a fever that happens to everybody and they start like repeating the same thing. So exhibit A would be like, you know, if someone checks their phone in the morning every day and looks at the scrolling, then they're stuck scrolling forever. (gasps) Or they're stuck like going to work and coming back home. It's like they're zombies in the book when they've been fevered. 
It's an amazing, amazing, scary book. I really recommend reading it. Wow. This is going to be like an ad for them. (laughs) This is, this episode is sponsored by (laughs) literally (laughs) Penguin Books. Just kidding. Yeah. Like, oh my God, my dream. If Penguin Books wants to sponsor me, please contact me. I'm like, that, that would be great. I would love that so very much. Um, But no, yeah, I feel like now I have like a reading list. And also I'm telling you, it's been this, this thought, you know, when you think about something and then you say it out loud and then you're talking to the person, they're like, yeah, you should fucking do that. And I'm like, yeah, why the fuck haven't I done that yet? This is, the, I'm having that moment right now. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I've had this thought in my mind. And yet for some reason, I don't know why mm-hmm. I haven't done it. And honestly, if there's anything that I've like learned just in general in life is like, if you want to do something, just do it. Like, don't exactly. wait, just, just, no. Just absolutely, just, just fucking do it. And we were talking about this briefly before we started recording because like, you know, in, in the freelance space and stuff, Mm-hmm. you sometimes just like shoot your shot. You just like reach out to someone to collaborate or whatever the case may be. And like, sometimes it could result in nothing, but then other times it actually can turn into something amazing. And I think that being working in that space has taught me to really just shoot my fucking shot. Me too. Same. I, it really has. It's just like, I just take a chance. I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'll never know if I don't try or just yeah. So what, what else, you know, what's the worst that could happen? They say no. Okay. Big deal. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's, and that's the thing. Worst case scenario, they say no, it's Mm -hmm. not a big deal. And I, and I really feel like that does carry into like every aspect of life. Like I have people, they'll DM me like, I like a guy. What should I do? And they just fucking tell me you like him. Yeah. Like, 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 yeah, be a girl who does it. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I, you know, I can appreciate the fact that I'm a 31 year old woman. So maybe things are a little different, but I'm like, no, when I think back to it, my entire life, if I wanted something or if I liked someone, I just fucking went for it. Like, I, 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 it just really kind of puts you in control of your life where ultimately I think it also feels very empowering for a woman to actually just when you want something, say that you want it, just mm-hmm. go for it. And I think that women should do it more because it's, you know, women are powerful for so many reasons. But I also think that there's something very empowering about just asking for what you want. 100%. Yep. Again, goes back to the manifestation and writing it all mm-hmm. out what you want, and just going for it. Like not not taking no for an answer and just go for it. And like, honestly, if you're listening to this and you want to do something, just go fucking do it. Don't exactly. take no for an answer. I mean, but don't, don't be like crazy about it. But like, <laughs> but like, you know, just go get what you want, manifest it. Dana, this has literally been a pleasure. We're friends now. If whether or not you're aware of it, we are now friends. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Um, where can people find you online where can they find your work like plug all the things because she does a lot of cool shit guys I don't know if I've emphasized (laughs) that before but like she's done a lot of cool shit and does a lot of cool shit thank you Uh, you can find me on Instagram d-a-n-a-b-o-u-l-o-s and you can go look at my work through my portfolio www.dana.com 
B O U L O S dot com. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna link it. I I loved the infomercial voice you just did. Yeah, I love that. It's funny. <laughs> I re- I really like that. I that might be the snippet for this episode because that was amazing. <laughs> will I will hire you for any uh, any uh you know video or audio ads that I plan on doing. I'm like, we need you, Dana. You need to do it. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I'm going to have all of her stuff linked in the episode description. Her website is gorgeous. Her portfolio, it's it's gorgeous. Like literally, I was like, this girl, (laughs) I mean, genuinely, like, I'm like, I feel inspired by everything you do. And uh, as always, I, oh my God, no, thank you. Like literally, I am just genuinely like, I was saying to this, this to you before we started, but like, my favorite thing about this podcast is obviously, you know, having these conversations, but also like I selfishly get to meet cool people like you. So I'm like, (laughs) you know, I love it. Oh, thank you so much for having me on here. Of course. And you guys can see a beautiful picture of Dana on the Arab American Psycho Instagram account. And um, yeah, like I said, I'm going to have all of her work linked in the episode description. And as always, you can follow me on Instagram at Noor E and I will talk to you guys next Sunday.